Welcome to Translation Confidential. This is Peter Argandizo and my co-host Patrick Daly. And today's episode is Holiday Traditions Around the World. So this is fun. This is our last episode of the year. We thought we'd do something fun. Patrick, I think you have a news story, though. Are we going to be serious uh, no. for a minute, or um, what, what are we doing? It is a news story. I didn't think so. <laughs> Why would I expect that no, from it's, you? Um, it's very timely <laughs> with the World Cup going on right now. Um, I found, actually a translation fail, which we tend to find a lot of uh, in our research when we're, we're looking around for news stories. Um, and this one was put out from um, when Argentina won in the semifinals to go to the finals. Um, there was a Twitter account. Um, it says the official Argentina Twitter account, uh, which tweeted, we are finalists in a number of languages, uh, except for in Hebrew, it said... Uh, we are finished, which is about the opposite of what they wanted to communicate. Um, so I just thought that was funny to see. Yeah, oops, funny to see that um, they they tweeted out um, attempting to communicate what they wanted to say in, in ten different languages, but one of them uh, missed the mark. So it's always a little tongue in cheek funny when we that see might those. Be a, might be a precursor. Yeah, it might be a precursor. Yeah. Who knows, right? Maybe they're they're maybe they're <laughs> omniscient there. <laughs> uh, that's great, wonderful, uh, wonderful. Well, let's let's jump into holiday traditions around the world. And I thought I thought we'd get started with any personal ones that we'd want to share. And I know you know my family is Italian. My parents came over from Italy in the '60s, and I have incredibly fond memories of Christmas Eve. That's um, you know in our in our culture, that's like the big night. You know. Um, that's the big celebration, and I remember always eating very late, opening presents very late, going to midnight mass, but the food was always super amazing, and uh, my family, like a lot of families in Italy, do the uh, Feast of the Seven Fishes, and my mom would prepare though that feast. We would never eat meat on Christmas Eve, only seafood, and um, my mom would make fried calamari, She'd make bacalao pomodoro, which is a uh, like a salt cod. You know, it's 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 old school. So it's cod that you bury in salt, and it becomes hard as a hockey puck. And then you have to you have to reconstitute it in water over three days in the fridge and change out the water to kind of get all that salt content out of there. But she'd make this great tomato sauce, and it just would make the whole kitchen smell amazing. Um, you know, olives, capers in the sauce, onions, delicious. So for me, it's it's that um, great memories, and my mom would make these really cool cookies. Um, you know, one called turdili, which are like these little vermouth cookies that you you coat in fig nectar, and then these other things that in our dialect we call casetelli uh, or casatelli, which are like um, oh, they're like a little pastry that has a, a like a grape jam in it. Um, just amazing. So anyway, that that's that's me. What about you? Yeah. Mr. Daly? Um, so we would also have uh, usually a family extended family gathering on um, Christmas Eve. Um, so my mom is one of nine, and that was the day um, that we would celebrate with her side of the family was Christmas Eve. Um, so normally there were a lot of my aunts and uncles and cousins gathering at uh, whatever relative was voluntold to host Christmas that year. Um, we'd, we'd do some sort of, uh, <laughs> like white elephant or grab bag gift exchange, whether it's like something goofy, like re-gift something from home or like everyone give a gift that begins with the letter Q, like something goofy, uh, just to get everyone interacting and having a gift exchange. 
um, all sorts of different uh, food uh, would come into play. Um, some of my aunts and uncles like married into Polish families, so we had a lot of influence there with some of the food that we would have. Um, and then Christmas Day was the uh, day we would spend usually with my dad's side of the family, um, and that would be with my grandparents, who are not too far away in Wisconsin. Uh, that would be a bit more um, kind of traditional. We'd uh, open gifts in the morning, um, and then generally uh, the the food was centered around the Christmas ham that day. So um, that was the big one. And then uh, my mom also makes a, I don't know if this qualifies as an Irish tradition, but it has Irish liquor in it, so I'm going to go there. And uh, Bailey's cheesecake is always a big hit as well around Christmas. That sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Irish staples. That's fine. <laughs> it, it counts. <laughs> um, we did get some feedback from some of our uh, employees that are all over the world. And the ones that I thought were super interesting um, were um, Argentina and Australia because of the warm weather, right? It's summer. So it's completely different. Like the kids are getting off of school for their summer break. So that coincides with the Christmas holiday. And... Um, uh, Adriana, who's in Argentina, said that for them, you know, it's summertime. So they set up a table outside in the yard and they eat cold dishes, but they finish with panettone, which I love the Italian influence, which there are a lot of Italians in Argentina. And she said all the high, uh, high calorie, but delicious European desserts like um, nougat, which I, I believe she's referring to torrone in Italian, which is sort of like the inside of a Mars bar. And sometimes they cover it with chocolate and such and caramel coated al- al- almonds. Caramel-coated caramel olives would be terrible. Caramel-coated almonds. And uh, Mark talked about how with in Australia, because it's um, Christmas, obviously, they t- uh, Christmas and it's beautiful weather out, they typically celebrate poolside. He says it's barbecue, it's the pool, kids on bikes, seafood, cold ham. He said that's, for him, that's Christmas. So it's, it's odd for us right in the upper Midwest. We, we always <laughs> think snow and cold uh, and being cozy. But that was kind of kind of interesting um, so why don't we just work through the, the, the show notes, Patrick? I should have one more from an Argonaut, and then you can take the next one. So um, uh, another one of my colleagues, um, uh, Amy, mentioned that, uh, you know, with her family now, there's young nieces and nephews, and one of the things that they love to do is open presents, have hot cocoa. And then I really like this. This is kind of a cool thing. Um, Christmas Eve, they put a trail of oatmeal uh, and oats, I'm sorry, not oatmeal, oats, out on the, uh, the the lawn to guide the reindeers to the house so they get their presents. And I, I love that. Of course, they set up milk and cookies for Santa, which is a real common thing uh, here in the States. So that's a great one. Uh, those were the ones that came from uh, the Argo folks. Of course, um, we've got folks in other areas of the of the world as well, and we'll cover some other ones. But uh, Patrick, you go ahead. Yeah, and take I think the next uh, one. one of the interesting ones um, in my current role, I work with a development team out of uh, the UK. So it's interesting to get their perspective too of um, kind of their holiday traditions. Um, I know one of the big ones that we talked about was um, mince pies are big around the holiday season in England. Oh, <laughs> I love and, those. And um, another fun one. You mentioned I milk do. and cookies being left out for Santa, which I know is very, uh, at least from my experience, very American. So we asked what they leave out for Santa in the UK, and they said 
some sort of alcoholic beverage, either a beer or maybe a whiskey, and mince pies is what is left out for for Santa. So I just find that very interesting that around the world, it I, just I, that's change. what I yeah. I think Santa enjoys England maybe more than other places. <laughs> I mean, whiskey and mincemeat pies, I mean, that's phenomenal. I love those things. We actually had a little Christmas party the other day, and we had some. And I found some that are made by Glenfiddich. Mm-hmm. So there's whiskey in the, you know, and mint, of course, I think everybody knows this, but a few people at our party didn't. They're like, wait, is there meat in here for real? No, there's there no meat in here. It's currants and raisins, and it's just a sweet, yeah, there used to be. Not anymore. It's a sweet, sticky mess of, like, currants and raisins and sometimes nuts. And this one had whiskey in it, so it was phenomenal. Um, uh, I, I always think of, when I think of the U.K., too, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, winter solstice is big around the world. And, of course, you've got Stonehenge. And I, I had uh, found out that they do, they sell tickets um, on the winter solstice so you can do sunrise at Stonehenge. And, and of course, celebrating some of the old druid and pagan uh, sort of um, traditions, I guess. But then I always think of, you know, the Christmas carol, and I always think of Dickens and Christmas pudding. And I know, like, bread pudding isn't such a big thing here in the States, but I love bread pudding. And, and I've made it with the panettone that Adriana was talking about, which is a sweet sort of bread with raisins and chocolate uh, that Italians make um, around the holidays. What do you think of? Anything else in it for UK? That's after? about the extent, to my knowledge, uh, as someone who's lived in the u.s my whole life that i have very limited knowledge of of what other what other geographies <laughs> are doing for christmas well how about in the spanish-speaking countries you spent some time in spain i believe were you there for the holidays, i was not Patrick, no? um i was around for from january to may so i did get um uh, to experience um a lot more uh, thought out around Easter. Uh, that was a very big holiday celebration in Spain. Easter, which is also a huge. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Also when you kind of think holiday. European and European Catholic countries, you kind of think Christmas and Easter are the are the two big ones. Um, so that definitely had a very big influence um, in Spain. Um, but it was it was pretty uh, interesting. in in Spain, they um, so they basically take a lot of the altars or decorations um, throughout the church and kind of like have a parade through the town and they like display it for everyone to see um, and things like that. So it's, it's very different from how we celebrate Easter here in the, uh, the States where it may be, you know, more Easter money type driven where this is a very uh, religious, um, like very religious holiday in Spain. And it's very, um, very, very different. For sure. And, you know, that's there's similar traditions in, in Italy where they have the altars that they take out on a procession. And usually the the, the bearers of the, the, the altar will have songs or chants that they do that, you know, give homage to that saint. And sometimes it's, you know, the patron saint of the church or the patron saint of the town. So it's kind of cool. And I also found um, was interesting is, you know, the focus around the 12 days of Christmas, you know, of course, there's the song and yeah, okay, get that. But um, and I know growing up, my mom always made a big deal about this because I think this is more of a European thing, that Christmas, you know, starts on Christmas Eve and goes for 12 days and um, is capped off with January 6th or the Epiphany. And a lot of cultures have that as their their big day. And I think in Spain, they call that the Three Kings Day. And I thought this was really cool. They, um, 
you know, of course, celebrate the kings. And of course, you know, the, the kings, you know, uh, found baby Jesus and brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, and the, 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 the big food tradition around that in Spain is that, that they have sort of a, a ring-shaped pastry. And in the pastry, there's a little bean. And whoever gets the bean has to buy the pastry next year. I just thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> kind of reminded me of, um, you know, the Mardi Gras tradition in New Orleans with uh, mm-hmm. the king the king cake, which obviously it's a derivative of the same thing. So um, for them, it's the little baby. Remember, if you get the little baby, then you have to buy the cake. So it's cool how some of those traditions, of course, came over here. Um, and it reminded me of another Italian tradition, which is La Bafana, which is kind of... You know, as a kid, you kind of think of these things, and, and my mom would tell me the story, and I'm like, I don't know, it's a little bit creepy, but we'll go with it. It's this old woman, goes from house to house, and it's kind of the St. Nick's type of tradition where if you're if you're good, you get um, some fruit and, um, like, nuts and just, like, little candies. If you're bad, you get a lump of coal. So I remember as a kid always thinking, oh, man, am I going to get the lump of coal this year? And and kind of being like here an Italian celebrating here was awesome because we had St. Nick's Christmas and then we did La Bifana as well and I remember explaining it to friends and they're like what is that and why do you get an extra day <laughs> that's uh did your family do St. Saint- Nick's did you guys put stockings out on the fifth we did, you guys do did not country? we put stockings up um more as decorations than on between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, Santa would come by and fill them up uh, when we were kids with, you know, candy and little toys. And as we grew up, uh, kind of changed to scratch off lottery tickets, which was great. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Santa was thinking that's that's really good. That's really good. Patrick, I know this is something you do, and of course, being downtown and uh, the hip young man that you are, have you been to the Chris Kindle I have been <clears throat> to the small one uh, that's very close to my apartment. I have not been to the big one that's downtown yet. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, the Chris Kindle Market is very uh, big and influential in the Chicagoland area. I think there's two in the city uh, and then one out in the burbs in Schaumburg or Naperville maybe I can't remember exactly but I know there's one out there as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's uh, it's a like taking a little slice of a Christmas market from Germany and dropping it into Chicago which is pretty pretty interesting to see um, all sorts of different um, crafts and artisan type people are out there um, there's a lot of baked goods and food uh that are also very good this year i went with a a giant coffee cake from one of the bakers that was there so i already inhaled all of that uh through this year um i know the big the big attraction too (laughs) is to always get the uh whatever stein or mug they released that year for the the chris kindle market uh and typically you're drinking your glue vine out of that um so that's a very traditional german uh, mold wine um, beverage uh, that adults can enjoy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, in fact, I read an article the other day that, um, and you know, who knows who this is? It's probably some author in Chicago, but they said that the German Chris Kindle market is the fifth best in the world. And amazingly, just so everybody understands, it is all German vendors. I mean, there's a few local ones as well, but um, 
for the most part, the vendors are all from Germany. In fact, interesting story. Um, you know, I, I have a half brother from Germany, and he was here visiting. So we went down. We went to the Chris Kindle market. We're walking around, and he ends up seeing a guy <laughs> he went to high school with. It's amazing. Um, so he was here from Germany visiting. He says, I came all the way to Chicago to see one of my old classmates. Um, so it was kind of funny, and he said it was incredibly authentic, which uh, I loved to hear. And it is really, really a fun time. And it's a big deal in Germany. And, you know, of course, there's all the wonderful foods. Uh, Patrick mentioned uh, the Glühwein, which is, you know, that, that mulled wine, which is really good. It's, you know, hot wine with cinnamon sticks and cloves and some kind of citrus, lemon or orange. And one of our favorite translators, uh, Gerhard, just sent us a, a big box of German cookies uh, that um, he and his wife made as well as uh, he gets from a, a, a bakery that specializes in that. And, um, of course, they're stolen and Leibkuchen. And actually, our director of marketing makes a phenomenal uh, stolen as well. So those are, you know, great, great food. It seems like a lot of this is food, isn't it, Pat? Yeah, I know. We, I know we do this in the morning, yeah. but I might need to good. grab an early lunch today. <laughs> And how about this one, Patrick? I thought this was interesting in Scandinavia. I hadn't heard this one. I hope my source is good. But you've heard of the Yule log. They actually have the Yule goat. And it's basically a different version of the Santa Claus story. But instead of Santa hanging out with some reindeer, he actually rides a goat. I don't know, <laughs> no, I think it's, I don't it's, know about that one. I, I, I'm, I'm, no, I think it's interesting to see around the world how a lot of um, – how a lot of things are so similar, but then there's kind of that like one thing that makes it authentic to that region or that country or that area. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting just to see like throughout history, how, you know, there's this one story that a lot of the holiday season is based on and it can kind of go <laughs> yes. in so many different directions and kind of spiral out to all of these different things. It's just fascinating. I'd be interested to see how it actually started. <laughs> Exactly. And then it all gets, you know, regionalized, of course, because there's, you know, the Santa Claus character and, you know, the different forms that he takes. And I, I want to see Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> Goat is what I would – I want to see that that version of the story. Um, and then, you know, we, we talk about there's a lot of countries that, you know, aren't Christian countries, but yet – because of the winter solstice, because of the change in season, they also have festivals around this time of year. And I thought it was interesting that, of course, we talked about the UK and Stonehenge, but there's uh, the festival or the the holiday Toji in, in Japan. And again, my pronunciation, let's let's hope it's good or at least adequate. And the Dongji Festival in China, um, and basically they're all revolve around the winter solstice. And Toji is a festival. It's presumably, or from what I understand from the research, is pretty low-key, and it's marked by lighting bonfires on Mount Fuji, which actually sound really sounded like a really, really cool thing. And the Dongji Festival is also another low-key festival, um, and it's typically marked by um, a special soup uh, that's made with like a sticky rice ball uh, kind of dumpling sort of thing. Um, and admittedly, I, I, in doing the research, it seemed interesting. It's it's low key because really, you know, the Lunar New Year, which is the big big holiday in China, is really just uh, a few weeks after that. So that's why this one is uh, obviously a little more low key. Um, you know, the Lunar New Year is huge, obviously in China, where basically the whole country uh, is on holiday. Um, so yeah, any any uh, any thoughts on that one before we move to Israel, Patrick? No, I mean uh, you you nailed it. I think it's. Um... 
it's also interesting to kind of examine what cultures celebrate holidays and at what point, because at, at different times, I know we get kind of set in our ways of like, oh, it's, you know, it's holiday time, it's Christmas time, whatever it might be. And it's that holiday may not apply to another country of, of people that we're working with. Absolutely. And, you know, that it's hard sometimes uh, for us here in the States to understand how important the Lunar New Year is when, when that basically that country, you know, shuts down, um, especially, you know, since we have clients that are in manufacturing, they always have to try to plan in sort of that dead zone um, of when a lot of the factories shut down. Um, so in Israel, obviously, um, um, Hanukkah is the, the big festival. Um, and it's a you know, an eight-day festival, and uh, obviously a lot of these festivals, because I guess I think of the the darkness of winter, right? A lot of them have to do with light. Uh, and of course, um, this is referring, Hanukkah refers to the biblical event where uh, uh, a miracle occurred. One night of oil um, lasted for eight nights. And um, the dates, of course, vary every year um, based on the calendar. And in Israel, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly, but let's hope for the best, uh, sufganiot, which are like jelly-filled donuts, and the story goes that you know it's a fried, it's a fried pastry, right? It's a donut fried in oil. So the linkage from the oil uh, of the bi- biblical event and the oil to make the donuts, and supposedly this came from um, uh, those are the Jewish faiths from Spain, the Middle East, and, and Africa. So I say that's where the origin of that one is. Uh, obviously, there's plenty of. Uh, different uh, Hanukkah traditions here in this country as well. Um, and of course, you even see um, my wife being such a huge Hallmark fan, you even see now Hanukkah movies on the Hallmark channel. So it's kind of cool that they're sort of weaving those into even, even the Hallmark, uh, the Hallmark phenomena. <laughs> um, how about St. Nick's Day? You know, obviously we talked a little bit about St. Nick's Day uh, Patrick, and that one I think is pretty pervasive. It looked like that one was, you know, obviously the Netherlands, the Czech Republic, most of Europe, most of Scandinavia, here in the States. Um, uh, anything anything to add on St. Uh, no, I think that one is pretty woven into to culture here in the States as well. Um, St. Nicholas to us is, is Santa Claus, so it's kind of all kind of melding together by the time it hits the States. <laughs> You know, I remember as a kid, like we we had learned about the the in the Netherlands apparently that's celebrated on December fifth, right, the eve of December sixth, and I remember thinking, I wonder why we don't have clogs because I don't have clogs to leave out um, to get you know my treats because that's where where uh, you know how they the how that was traditionally celebrated was hay was put in the clogs and then the hay was for the reindeer. And the, that would get replaced with some little treats or, or toys. And, of course, we use the stocking. And, again, just like you mentioned before, it's kind of cool how it gets regionalized. Um, you know, we would do stockings or shoes or whatever here, um, and, and the old tradition there uh, was clogs. And, of course, in modern day, it's more shoes are, are what's used. But I, I also love this idea always of leaving the treats behind. You know, you have to sort of... You have to leave a treat for Santa or his reindeer, and then he leaves you something in exchange, which is uh, pretty cool, pretty cool tradition. Um, the last one we were going to go over was um, uh, uh, Diwali uh, in India, which is uh, it's a major five-day festival of lights. Again, always light in the darkness. Um, that's observed in late fall. And, of 
course, it's also date is different every year. Um, and it's just basically an ancient holiday that celebrates good over evil and light over darkness. It kind of seems to be the theme. I mean, if you think of this time of year of winter uh, being much darker, I think it's people looking for a source of uh, a source. Yeah, of light. it's very. Very appropriate well, Patrick, right now. Any fun? Any fun? Any no, I was going to say it's very appropriate right now oh, because, gosh, uh, at yeah. least in the what? Chicagoland area, I don't think I've seen the sun for probably four or five days, uh, and it seems like it's not going to pop its head back up for another three or four days. So, it's it's just interesting to see how much. It might be three <laughs> or four months. Patrick. I hope not. <laughs> no, it's been. We even had our first. Uh, uh, first bit, well, not, we had some snow last week too, but yesterday seemed a little more serious. So it seems like it's amping up. Um, Patrick, any, um, anything new for you this year in terms of the holidays and how you're celebrating anything exciting that you're doing? Uh, well, holidays? hopefully this year I don't get COVID two days before Christmas. Cause that was a real bummer last year, uh, because I unfortunately got COVID right before Christmas. So last year my Christmas was basically canceled. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to actually being able to, uh, gather with friends and family and actually celebrate as opposed to laying on my couch and coughing all week. Um, you know, it's a pretty <laughs> low bar, uh, for you to enjoy this Christmas then versus last Christmas, Patrick. So yeah, stay healthy. And it, this seems tougher this year because, um, you know, certainly COVID's floating around, but it just seems like there's so much other stuff going but it seems like everyone i know has already had some sickness uh so hopefully it's all gone for all of us and we can all enjoy the holidays um for us kind of exciting you know my 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 niece had a uh a, a little boy had a baby so that's super exciting so looking forward to uh to to meeting him and uh my family and my brother and his family are coming over from italy which is exciting so lots of stuff to look forward to um typical holiday stuff which is great it's on a falls over a weekend so i think it'll be like sort of a four day five day sort of thing which will be really fun um we usually do takeaways patrick i don't know that we need to do a takeaway here other than uh we already talked for me like if i had to say like what the theme was is just this idea that there's sort of a common strand across all of these that we've discovered of all these different traditions and it uh, seems like food and lightness that was my big takeaway, and uh, the secondary takeaway is that you need to stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, this year, uh, playing it a bit safer than I did last year. But yeah, I think uh, it's, through. I mean, throughout history, food has been a way for people to come together uh, and to learn about other cultures. So I think, at least here in the States, we're very much carrying that through of kind of having a diverse menu, usually every year, and it kind of, uh, kind of is able to spread all of the the cool cultures that are around in the States. Yeah, the States is definitely a melting pot, so we see a little bit of everything, which is good. I liked your story of, you know, your family having a lot of different people from different um, ethnic backgrounds, so they bring their little spin on the holiday to it, which is really fun. Uh, Well, for this year and for this episode of Translation Confidential, this is Peter and Patrick signing off. Thank you. Happy Holidays. 